0: You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive.
1: i was going to be able to just get by with the wind blowing right on top of me and i sat there and thought for a minute i was like no no that ain't gonna work is it heat that ain't gonna work i don't know what it is air no it's not hot (laughs) i like a little air blowing on me (laughs) and the first weird thing of the week said on the drive comes to you courtesy of bear We welcome you in this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Another stellar edition of The Drive, underway here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock Monday, 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 afternoon edition of the show. Hope everybody's doing well. You guys have a good weekend. Had a great weekend. Me too. I had a great weekend. You have a good weekend, Marcus? Great weekend, so-so? Yeah. I mean, that that was... That was a very let's, average. Went yeah. to a couple <laughs> bars. Remember what I can, you know. I had a great weekend. I got blown away, Russell. I got we drank absolutely. Beer. I
2: liked beer. Still like beer. Got absolutely trashed. I did have at one point this uh, this guy encouraged his girlfriend to flash me. That was weird.
1: No. Oh. Did she? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Okay, good. That's a pretty good weekend then. Yeah, all right, so I think uh, it's kind of like yeah. pizza. We all had. What?
2: It's like pizza. What's like pizza? Whenever you get flashed by somebody. I mean, even like, what do you call them, Russell? Oven pizzas? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as bad pizza. Oh. I was just trying to figure oh, out where you were there, going with
1: that. There could be a bad flashing. Yes. There, there is, is true. There are some that you just don't want to see. Not naming names, but... Glad everybody's doing well. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Big show lined up this afternoon. The CGP coming up here in a mere matter of moments on the show this afternoon. Christopher Gabriel joining live from Fresno. And he's got thoughts on eh, pretty much everything. But uh, Tennessee basketball specifically. He's been – I woke up this morning to a flurry of CG texts about the basketball team. And I was like, Chris, just – Just come on the show. Is he riled up? Just just come on the show, man. Uh, What's he riled up about? Well, you're about to find out. You're all about to uh, get in on it, and we'll talk about it this afternoon. See where Vols are up to number four in the polls. Top five, baby.
2: Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Barnes Bashers, of which there are many.
1: I don't know that there are many. Uh, Very vocal. They're very vocal. It's just... It's baked into the cake at this point. What are you going to do? But Tennessee goes on the road and uh, beats LSU decisively. We won't read too much into it because I think that LSU team is is pretty bad. But I do think for Tennessee, you know, a five to ten point win would have been perfectly acceptable. A twenty one point win, just like that's that's what you want to see. Tennessee went on the road and grinded up an outmatched opponent on their home floor and made them tap out. To borrow an MMA analogy, that's what LSU did. They tapped out oh, early yeah. in the second. They're like, "No, no, we're good." <laughs> Roberto <laughs> right, we, Duran, no mas. We, we get it. We get it. No mas. We're, we're good. No mas. You, you got Uncle, Uncle. Stop. Just stop. And that's that's what you want to see, man. And that that's a great sign. And you're in the top five right now and what is this team sealing the rest of the way i don't know alabama's up to number two man they they continue killing folks and we got some big moments coming up we got some big moments coming up got to take care of buzz white ear on wednesday night what a clown can't let georgia come in here and beat us got to take care of business tcb I mean, we we have to reinforce to Georgia that, listen, y'all made your deal with the devil. You sold your soul for football supremacy, and you got it. Kudos to you. Uh, Congrats. You're head and shoulders above everybody else in college football. It's pretty cool. I would probably make the same deal. But part of the deal is when when you sell your soul for that college football supremacy, you don't get to be good at at anything else. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You you don't get to be good at... In basketball, baseball, you don't get to be good at women's basketball. Your your gymnastics program has to go. In the, the, I'm sorry, like I don't make the rules. Those are the rules. This you isn't numb. There are rules. You don't get to be good at track. <laughs> you you you're the best. Like we kneel before you, Georgia. Fine, Your football program. It is what it is, man. You guys are really good, but part of the deal is you come in here and do the job Wednesday night. Rick Barnes and the boys are gonna slap you around. Do we play them in baseball? Fairly certain we do. If we do, you get swept. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. With um, What's the – I'm trying to work the apocalypse now phrase into show lingo. What's uh, With extreme prejudice. You get swept with extreme prejudice. Not like, oh, we're eking out a couple of five to three. It's like, no, we're going to run rule you. We're going to embarrass you. We're going to take your girlfriends out. After, uh, Tony, Tony v and the boys are going to take your ladies out after the series there's nothing you can do about it well there's something you can do about it you get probably you're probably coming into kneeling and pinning an l on Tennessee next year but other than that that that's all you get that's all you get should we be conceding a football loss to Georgia this year probably not right yeah. probably not no. I can okay. see nothing anymore okay fair enough fair enough but yeah, this basketball team on a roll right now and uh just doing well. Just doing well, man. Uh hard to nitpick anything going with with, with Tennessee basketball, although I'm sure we'll find something. I mean, there's there was the fact that probably shouldn't have had Santi out there uh, as long yeah, as he I did. I know what you're trying to do. Just stop. Just stop. No, no, no. NFL playoffs continue. We got the conference champion, championship game set. I know what you're trying to do, Marcus Young. No, go, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yes, yes. No, yes. No. Health. So, just,
2: let's let's health. just not even waste time. Well, acute. You know, you telling him. Let's just go on. Can we carry on with the show? We had a good flow. No, going I, here. I just,
1: I, I want him to know that I know that he knows that I know that <laughs> we I, all know I, what I you're know, doing. I know what he's trying to do. It's, I just, I want, I want that on record before we start talking about uh, the football. How about the Cowboys? was it rick Rick butler on the show friday telling it i believe the quote was it's an unstoppable train the what what was that the crunching sound of inevitability yeah that that was the inevitable coming out there last night although i must say man i was so hoping (laughs) i wanted to see the cowboys have to make an extra point to tie that game so badly I know, I know. They probably would have gone for two. We don't know that. We don't know that. They might have played it conservative, played it safe. They probably would have gone for two. But 49ers looking looking tough. I don't know, man. I think that the Chiefs are the best team. But with the news today that Patrick Mahomes has the dreaded high ankle sprain, I'm questioning a whether he's going to play at all. First of all, I, uh, I think I, he'll play. I, I don't know, man. Uh, high ankle sprain—that that's tough. I think he'll try to play. I'm sure they'll shoot him up with the stuff that killed Elvis. But I don't like how effective can he be? His entire thing is, "I'm the creator. I run around." I—he's not going to be able to do that. Mm-mm. So I—I I mean I—I I think that's a huge advantage to the Bengals, and I think. Um, the Bengals are in a really good spot to make second consecutive Super Bowl. Yeah. The other thing they have, the, the Bengals can get after it on defense. I mean, they go up there to Buffalo missing three offensive linemen. They're playing a mm-hmm. guard at left tackle. And not only is, you know, Burrow is obviously that dude. Like, it just <laughs> is what it is at this point. He's, he's pretty good. Um, but they ran the ball. All over the Bills. Just did whatever they want. Uh, Buffalo had that long drive to pull it. When I uh, got to 17-10 in the third corner, you're like, okay, here we go. And the Bengals just go right down the field. Just Mashed them. And, I mean, that was that was pretty impressive.
2: I mean, what makes an average? At one point, it had to be uh, the Bengals running backs were averaging. Par- uh, Samaji and
1: Mixon were averaging at least nine yards a carry. Yeah, that was – that was a pretty good one. What was the game of the week? Probably the uh, last night, Bengals or the uh, 49ers and the Cowboys. I, I don't know, man. That was so boring
2: after. I probably what the Jags? That Jags game was was, was really good. Yeah, the, those were both good. I don't know. I, I think the, Eagles, the game the last night was, was boring. boring. Kind of you thought snoozer. that was boring? It just didn't. I'm so conditioned now to the offense, the way they've got the rules set up now that
1: when it gets in a slobber knocker game like that i mean that's been the nfl this year though man i mean the the under has been like you made a lot of money just betting the under on every single nfl game this year hmm do you happen to see uh skip bayless and his reaction
2: to dallas losing on twitter just that? no he, uh, he filmed a little video of him very awkwardly throwing a Dak uh, Prescott jersey
1: into the trash can. Ah, Dak's not that guy. But it's just he very like, – Never has been. Never, I mean, he, you know what Dak is? Dak yeah. is Will Levis with a cooler first name. That's what that's going to be. I don't, hell I don't you, think
2: Will Levis is as good as
1: Dak. No. But, but you say as good as Dak as if Dak is good. What has Dak done? He threw for a, a – a bu- like you talk about meaningless yards that that guy has thrown for in the past, and he even really had the meaningless yards this year. Like, what has he done? He's not good. It's not a good quarterback. Mm-mm. People say good deck, bad deck. That's not something you say about a good quarterback. Mm-mm. If, if your quarterback is good player, bad player, guess what you got? Bad player. Bad quarterback. 100%. You're right. I mean, you, you can have that at different positions in different sports, you can't have that at quarterback. In the National Football League, so they're kind of stuck with him. He's got the big contract, and he's not going anywhere. Jerry Jones, after the game, just with uh, – I love these guys. They come out, and they make these huge decisions with huge ramifications without thinking about it at all. They ask Jerry Jones after the game, is Mike Sherman safe? Is it Mike Sherman? Mike um, McCarthy. Mike McCarthy safe as, as head coach? He said yes. No, yeah, I don't – he may have said yes, but I think if he could
2: figure out how to get – then why say that? Sean Payton, he will.
1: I, I think he's coming. I mean, we saw this with Jason Garrett. He held on to him way too long. I think they're going to do the same thing with McCarthy. Like, why not just say, we, we're going to evaluate everything like we do. after? First of all, why is your owner giving press conferences after? I know he does it after every Jerry. game. But, like, that's. I mean, this is the same guy that fired yeah. a Hall of Fame
2: coach. Yep. After he won him, too. I mean, they've he done not fire Jimmy Johnson. The Cowboys.
1: probably or if he had swallowed his ego and let Jimmy Johnson run that thing like what kind of and people will say that they had a dynasty anyway but how many more Super Bowls how many wins and championships did they leave on the table probably at least two at at least two Uh, they won the one with Barry Switzer anyway but I was talking two more beyond that beyond that yeah I mean it's because things started
2: falling apart, you know Jimmy Johnson could keep keep control.
1: And I know everybody who's not a Cowboys fan can see it. But the thing that and and I had to said I went to see them play against the Titans, and yeah, we were right underneath Jerry Jones, and all all the Cowboys sheep were like, "Hey, Jerry, Jerry!" Like they love him, they love him. They can't see it. It's like, dude, he's a terrible owner. You haven't been in a conference championship game since nineteen ninety five, right? You've won, like, what, two or three playoff games since then? Two. And this guy, like, can't get out of his own way. That team last night, I don't want to make this all about the Cowboys, Christopher Gabriel coming up here in just a minute. But you talk about, like, sloppy, no attention to detail. You got the back-to-back plays, and I don't think they're going to win it anyway, but (laughs) the drive where they have to have it, tight end runs out of you know, gets goes out of bounds backwards, so they keep the clock running. Then the tight end just nonchalantly doesn't put his feet down in bounds, so you lose out on that. And then what was that last play? I mean, finally, Pat McAfee and the Colts are off the hook for the dumbest, like, formational trick thing in recent memory. Mm -hmm. Like, they just wanted to get a receiver blowed up one more time for good measure on their way out into the offseason. It's like, okay, let's just go ahead and get this guy see if we can break his hip. We already got our backup running back. Uh, That guy's got a broken leg, Pollard. So, let's just go ahead and get – let's see if we can't get somebody hurt before before we get out of here. Should be their
2: starting running back. I mean, that whole deal all year. I mean, he's ran better than Elliott for two years now. And then the cherry on top was – they had Ezekiel Elliott playing center, and that linebacker—I don't know if it was Warner from uh, San Francisco. A guy like that's not going to miss a chance like that. He humiliated him.
1: He flat backed it, him. It's so weird, man. I, I've never seen a situation where you, you see bad owners and sports bad coaches all the time. But usually, fan bases recognize that. And I, I understand, like the older Cowboys fans, like forty and up, they remember the glory, the glory You know, the yeah. the Super Bowls that Jerry brought them and. They're grateful that I kind of get that, but like the younger generation of Cowboys fans, <clears throat> Rick Butler, like what Raven Rick, why why do you like this guy? Like, what he, he's just brought you nothing but misery and mediocre to poor football for the better part of thirty years right now, and you act like he's some kind of rock star down there. Yeah, why? Because he built you a nice stadium. Everybody's got a nice stadium now.
2: Uh, the, the the stadium that he refuses to have adjusted so that the sunlight doesn't stream through and. Blindest team for those afternoon games. I don't
1: know. I've never seen such a disparity with like production and adulation.
2: I hope he lives forever. Never sells a team. He's <laughs> He might
1: live forever, man. He's he's starting to. He's got that Hollywood face lift kind of thing going on right now. He got the crypt creep, crypt keeper thing from Tales of the Crypt. Going back in the day, Jerry Jones. He looks good, man stay with us the drive continues christopher gabriel we go out west coming up next right here on fan run radio the- welcome back the drive continues fan run radio russell bear marcus back with you on the drive and we go out west on the big orange Phillies phone lines, Christopher Gabriel of KMJ Fresno, standing by. CG. Good afternoon. How are you, sir?
0: Hey, what's going on, Russ Bear Marcus? Hello, everybody. Uh, it's 48 degrees here in Fresno. We've got people walking around in parkas, knit caps, and gloves. I'm not kidding. I'm looking at folks going, "Come on, come on." It's you, what you'd be now? Embarrassed to walk out of the house looking like that.
1: It's a balmy hey, 48 degrees out west. It's a
0: balmy. It's a balmy 48. Hey, I don't. You know, we always talk. Tennessee basketball, football, uh, pretty much everything else, Tennessee Lady Vols. Uh, I won't talk about the Tennessee Lady Vols' blue uniforms because I'm sure that'll start a friggin' riot. Um, I'm not going to say what I think of them. I hate them. But uh, can, can we talk briefly about the Dallas Cowboys? Do we have time to do that?
1: Yeah, Sure. I mean, do they have 49ers
0: fever in Fresno right now, I'd imagine? Oh, yeah. This, this is a big 49ers area. The area is split three ways mostly 49ers fans, still a lot of Raiders fans for, you know, for the decades that the Raiders were in Oakland. And then you have a lot of Cowboys fans here. And I wrote something up yesterday on Twitter, and, I, and I'm being dead serious about this. I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I, I don't like the Cowboys. I can't stand the Cowboys. Uh, and I feel the same about Jerry Jones. Uh, why do networks feel compelled after a game, to bring their microphones over to see what Jerry thinks. Because the only reason to ever get an owner is because they think they're going to get a great soundbite and they're going, to, they're going to compel Jerry to go off. Ask the guys in Dallas on 105.3 how much they love having Jerry Jones' radio show on their station and how often uh, he will go off and get upset with one of the hosts there. I, I don't understand this genuflecting to Jerry Jones or the Cowboys nationwide. This is a team that has had slightly more success over the last hundred years than the Chicago Cubs. And I realize I'm embellishing a little bit, but I honestly don't understand the idol worship for this guy outside of building a palace. What has he brought to Dallas and Cowboys nation America's faux team? I don't get it. I was so happy to see the 49ers beat them. Not a 49ers fan, but I do like watching them play. And the, the, the Brock Purdy story is fantastic. And my goodness, how many offensive weapons do they have on that team? Obviously, the 49ers, their whole season changed when they got uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. But I don't understand why they run to Jerry Jones. You know what? How about going and interviewing the other 31 NFL owners? Because I care as much about what they think, Russ, as I care about what Jerry Jones thinks.
1: Well, I think the other owners, Chris— don't seek the spotlight out as much as he does, Like right? I, I think, you know, we've got one of the Titans, like Amy Adams, like you never see or hear from her. And, uh, you know, Robert Kraft doesn't do pressers and stuff like that. I think that he's such a distraction. You watch those hard knocks when they've been on there and he's always front and center. It's all about Jerry and so little about the football. And you saw that last night, like that's a pretty good team. And there they are in crunch time, and the receiver doesn't get his feet down in bounds. Uh, tight end doesn't fight his way out of bounds, so the clock's running. They have the goofy play at the end of the game. It's like, just play football. What what are, what are we doing here? Oh, but it's it's got to be about Jerry. He's got to be there waving to the fans, jumping on the sports radio shows down there in Dallas, telling everybody how it's going to be. Uh, I guess he bought the team so he can do what he wants, right? But
0: I, I guess. I mean, yeah. you and I have done hundreds of pressures over the year. I, I can only speak for me, but I have a feeling I'm speaking for you uh, you as well. Everywhere that I've been in the country covering college or pro games, whether it's football, basketball, college, hockey, uh, well, it wouldn't be college because of uh, owners, but in terms of pros, the last person I am interested in interviewing is an owner of a team. And by the way, you hit on those two plays. What in the world was Schultz thinking, not getting his foot down, just kind of going casual out of bounds? And for the love of things football, what was that last play that the Cowboys did? That had zero chance of working. If it, it looked ridiculous, it ended ridiculous. And in many ways, it was a metaphor for the Cowboys yesterday.
1: I do love, though, and I want to get your thoughts on Tennessee basketball here in just a yes. second, CG. But I, I've never been a big 49ers fan, just did not like them growing up. Even when they had their dynasty, everybody liked them, and I just didn't like that. But, uh, one thing I I do think there could be a lot of Tennessee fans jump on that bandwagon because Jawan Jennings is a yep. player who has a special connection with this fan base, being an in-state guy and um, who who stayed through a lot of transition and was a fan favorite when he played here. Seventh round pick, <laughs> and uh, he's he's just out there and in the middle of everything.
0: Let me tell you, I went on San Francisco radio a couple of different stations when Juwan was picked because uh, guys I know up in, the, up in the Bay Area, they knew of my Tennessee connections and love for the Vols, and they asked me about him, And I said flat out, point blank. I said, listen, I don't know if he's going to make it this first year, if he's going to be on the practice squad, but Joan Jennings is a guy you want to have on your team when you need a big play and you need somebody to go up and just be physical and have great hands this is the guy you want to see him succeeding and doing well with the 49ers. I couldn't be happy for him because I think we all knew that he he is always going to be forever attached to the Hail Mary in Sanford Stadium. But he really is, and I'm not breaking news here, he's so much more than that.
1: Christopher Gabriel, KFJ Fresno, with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And CG, the basketball of up to number four today. Yes. In the AP top 25, they are number two in the net ranking, 16 and three. Um, A couple of hiccups along the way, but hey, man, when you're ranked in the top five, there's very little to complain about. And Tennessee fans are, we're we're hoping, right? That this is the year that it all comes together for Rick Barnes. We all know his, his history in the NCAA tournament, it's a tournament sport. But what are your thoughts on where the basketball program is right now?
0: Well, I really like where they're at right now, and I, I've noticed lately a lot of Tennessee fans uh, kind of debating on whether this team is better or not quite as good as the the Admiral Schofield Grant Williams team, and I, I think that's a lot of wasted energy because you look at teams over the years at some of the schools that have won national titles, whether it's a Kentucky or a Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, UCLA, and many times the team that won the title was not the team that had the most talent, and in this case. I don't know that this team is the most talented, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of like, like the team that wins the NCAA tournament. Not always the best team. It's the team that's playing the best, and certainly they have good talent. I like, I like what this team is showing me right now. I love the lineup that they had down on LSU. Uh, when you see uh, Vescovy, Ziegler, Kamwa, Phillips, and James on the court at the same time, I like that group of guys. Triple J seems like he's really starting to you know play with that same confidence that he had before. Uh, I, 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 like, I just like when he's out there. This team plays differently. Um, this is a team also, I think, that you know their offensive droughts, I mean, maybe it's me, uh, maybe I'm seeing it wrong, Russ, but they seem to be lessening. It seems to be they're, they're getting a little more consistent at the offensive end, which is a good thing. If there's one lingering concern I have for this team, and I looked up the numbers and I added them up because I knew you were going to ask me about this, uh, I get concerned about rebounding. Look, the Vols are out-rebounding their opponents by eight rebounds a game, but I think that's a little deceiving. When you look at the three games they've lost, Colorado, Arizona, Kentucky, the Vols, those are the only three games this year that the Vols were out-rebounded, and they were out-rebounded by a lot, 128-91. to That's not good. And what concerns me is that seems to be the book on the Vols. Go hard, go aggressive try to sweep the boards at both ends of the court. If you do that, you can beat this team. I think that has become uh, the, you know, basically the point A for teams and how they prepare for us. But I think the way we counter that is we have such size. We have such length. We have such athleticism as long as Barnes and you you know, he'll do this as long as a focus remains on hitting the boards hard at both ends. Uh, I think this team is going to be fine. And look, we all know the story with Tennessee basketball. My goodness, it just seems like March rolls around and we're all cringing. We're all worried. We're not worried so much about the later round game because, well, we never get there for the most part. We worry about the Illinois State, the Delaware, the Wichita State, the Idaho, somebody coming in that's going to come out of nowhere and beat us. But this team, this team just has a certain quality about them. I just really like the poise. They, I don't know who's the leader right now. You look at five guys. Uh, you know Vescovy Zigler, Kamala Phillips, James they're all averaging uh, 10 points a game with Vescovy averaging 12. Uh, I think that's a blessing and a curse, Russ. On the one hand, you have balanced scoring, but on the other hand, what those numbers tell me is there isn't a go-to guy. So that's probably a second concern. Who is the go-to guy as we get down the stretch? If they're playing when we play Alabama uh, coming up in uh, well forget Alabama, Texas coming up on Saturday, Alabama, when they come in February 15th, and it's a one-point game late, who is the go-to guy? Mm. I don't think it's going to be Vescovy because Vescovy isn't really a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, He should be, but if he's not wide open, he's usually not going to do it. Is it Ziggler? I'm not sure. Is it Triple J? Probably. I think they need to find – I think the Vols need to find that go-to guy. I like where they're at. I like that they're in the top five. I, I, I don't care much about the bracketology, Russ. I know you and I were talking off air, a number two seed, a number one seed. I don't think this team is a number one seed yet. If they go out and they beat Alabama, if they beat Texas, if they beat Auburn when they come in, then we can talk about that. But I think it's, ultimately, as long as this team is playing good basketball and they're building off their 16-3 and three overall record, their 6-1 and one SEC record, I really like where this team is going and what they look like right now.
1: You know, I think as we visit with Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno, CG, in my opinion, consistency, right, is the big word when it comes to Tennessee this year. And we've got some guys that are playing pretty consistent basketball, but if one or two of these guys aren't firing and they're playing a good opponent, it can be a long night. And you've got some guys, you know, Phillips, uh, Camwa, Key, a couple of guys that we, we saw Urosh flash in the Kentucky game, and, 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 and now he missed the last one. But we've just got a couple of guys that, you know, we, we don't need 20 points a night from any one guy. But, you know, Kamwa's got to be able to give you at least 10 points a night, in my opinion. Phillips has got to give you at least a dozen or so a night. And We seem to be having the situation where a guy will come up and, and have a 20-point game and then have two the next game and to me that makes it hard to get into the kind of rhythm that you need to be in in order to be peaking at the right time
0: well I think your your point is absolutely spot on uh it's something that uh, I mean every team every team is looking for a certain level of consistency and and I think a lot of times Russ guys like you and me and Bear um you know and fans we all are going to nitpick because this is the team that we love and this is the team that we follow. And in many cases, the team that, you know, you're an alum of and so on. But I think also, and, and this is kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. But I think sometimes we forget that Tennessee isn't the only team that struggles with this. Look what happened to Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse against TCU. They got obliterated by a good TCU team, not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, and they got obliterated. We've seen other teams have this same kind of issue. UCLA goes into Arizona. They're a very good team. They lose to Arizona. So it's not just us that are, that's struggling with consistency, but to your primary point, you're right. And I wonder why that is. Is it because guys are concerned about making a mistake? Is it Are they looking over their shoulder worrying that if they make a bad pass, if they a turnover, if they get, if they get beaten on a rebound, and, and then they get beaten on a rebound, the guy puts it back up, puts it in, and then they foul, Barnes is going to take them out. I don't know what it is, but you're right. There needs to be a level of consistency here. When I think about that word, the guy who I'm really looking at is Tyreek Key. This is a guy that just filled it up night after night after night in the Missouri Valley Conference. He has not been that way here. I thought he was going to be phenomenal. He certainly had some of those games, Russ. You know that as well as I do. But he hasn't been that. I think I, I think Josiah Jordan-James is going to get back to that. I think Julian Phillips has a real shot to be that guy. And I've, I've talked about him before. He is really, and I said this last time I was on your program, I think I said it on Vol- Voluntary Reaction, that when I look at Julian Phillips, I really, truly believe, even more than Triple J that this team's success down the stretch may hinge on him if his tremendous athletic ability and his skill is allowed to blossom and, and just really uh, get to a point where Barnes looks at him and gives him the green light. Kamwa's got to be a, a bigger producer. Zakai, you know, down at LSU, when you start seeing guys, he's a, he's a strong guy. When you see him shoot an air ball from the arc, you know his legs are tired. And it makes me wonder... You know, for as many times that Barnes takes a guy out too fast, did he leave him in too long? So yeah, mm-hmm. consistency is definitely gonna be a be a thing. And you're right, Russ. We don't need uh, you know, we don't need to have five guys scoring twenty a game, but I, I still maintain we definitely need to have a go to guy, and I'm I'm not convinced that we have one yet.
1: Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno with us again, CG, top five in the country, um, number two in the net. I, I know it sounds like we're um, nitpicking here, but we, there, there's a standard, right? there's a goal here, and yeah. we 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 want to see this team go so far so badly. So we're just talking about, you know, what what needs to be done in in right. order to avoid a uh, unpleasant early exit, come March.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt because when when you get past our nitpicking, I love this team. I really like the guys on this team. They clearly like playing together. I'm a Rick Barnes fan. Uh, you know, I don't want to tread over old ground, but I mean, you know, I get if there's one criticism that I have with Barnsley, and I'm going to call him Barnsley. It's a little hockey, hockey terminology there is that I feel like he gets stubborn in his rotations and he takes guys out earlier than he should or he leaves guys in longer than he should. But beyond that, I really like this team a lot. When I'm looking at the upcoming schedule, I'm going to emphasize should. We should beat Georgia. Yeah, I know Texas is good. We owe them from last year a game that we could have won. We're going to Florida. Florida is not the menace it used to be. Auburn coming in February 4th should beat them, should win at Vandy, should beat Missouri. And this team should still have just three losses when Alabama comes in February 15th. And I remember a couple of years ago, Bama came in, really good team. Vols were playing great in the first half. And then you'll remember about six minutes to go, seven minutes to go, Bama went on a run and then ran us out of the gym in the second half. Uh, I don't know what it is about that team, that program, but Nate Oates seems to be seems to understand really well how to play this team, especially at the defensive end. I'm really looking forward to that game, and certainly every game before that. But I, I think this team is, is positioned to finish this season out with maybe no more than four or five losses, Russ.
1: That Alabama game, we got a lot of fish to fry before then, a couple of weeks. But, you know, if Tennessee wins Saturday, if if Tennessee is still just three losses by the time that game rolls around, that could be a one-versus-two matchup, CG.
0: You know, I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. And, I mean, we have a chance to see – can you believe this? We have a chance to see two Tennessee-Alabama games that could be the game of the year in the SEC – you know, we already took them down once. No reason why we can't take them around again. But I think, you know, and going back to what you said a moment ago about nitpicking, that's really the important distinction here that needs to be made. I'm glad you said it because we are nitpicking because no team is perfect. Every team is flawed. I don't care who it is. But I tell you, I think this team, it's, you look at the LSU game. You and I were talking off air. Yeah, it's LSU. But, you know, they were, what, 12-6, and 13-6, whatever they were going into the game. It's still a road game. It wasn't a packed house, but it's still a road game. And every road I'm – I'm never going to discount a road win in this conference against anybody. But it wasn't just a road win. It was a road beatdown. And how many times have we looked at the Tennessee Volunteers men's basketball program over the last five to ten years where they have jerked around with a team that they should put away – we don't seem to be doing that well with this team, and that's why I like this team so much. Even if they have a rough first half or a rough uh, 10 minutes, they find a way to get it together and, and they do it. and they, they, they bring it together and they get on these nice little runs. We tend to I know I'll, I'll speak for myself. I often focus about the offense on the offensive droughts, but it's easy to forget the great runs this team goes on. And if there's one more thing I'd like to see them do do Russ. I'd like to see them, when they sweep the defensive boards, I'd really like to see them look more to get out in transition.
1: Christopher Gabriel, KFJ, Fresno, uh, CG, I know you want to touch on football before we let you out of here. Looking to an offseason of great expectations for Josh Heupel's program. What should the expectations be, and how do you go about managing those expectations if you're Josh
0: Heupel? Well, uh, it's a great question, and I I think the expectations – should be competing for an SEC East championship uh, or I'm sorry, a title getting to the SEC championship game and competing for, or or competing for a spot in the college football playoff. I think a lot of folks, (coughs) pardon me. I think a lot of folks uh, that I've talked to uh, both face to face uh, when I was down there, and we were talking about this off and on a little bit early, early on back in September, October, and certainly talking with a lot of Vols fans at the Orange Bowl. I think a lot of fans, are wondering, not only Vols fans, but college football fans in general, was this a one-off? Was this an anomaly year? I don't believe it is. I think the expectations need to rise. Josh Heifel, we had the, a good first year, 7-6, a bowl game that they very well could have won. Then this year, 11-2, and two, a beatdown of, of Clemson. Has Clemson even posted the score yet of the <laughs> Orange Bowl? Right, so they we beat Clemson. This is a team, in my estimation, if they stay healthy, if Joe Milton – continues on what we saw the evolution that we saw of him in the orange bowl there is no reason that this team should be any worse than a two lost regular season team i think they can go down to alabama and i think they can beat alabama down there yeah i said it i think they're going to compete really hard with georgia and i'm not saying that like oh but i think georgia's going to win i think every game is on the table for tennessee to win next year i think the offseason is crucial uh getting a guy like nico in i think this is still going to be joe's team until said otherwise You've got a cadre of receivers that are going to be terrific. Every every facet of this team is going to be as good or better next year. And, again, if they stay healthy, the expectation should be this team should be competing for a spot in the college football playoff. Too many Vol fans are dialed into what I certainly suffered with, and that's battered Vol syndrome. We are too dialed into, oh, uh, but this is going to have the skies fall. No. No, times have changed. Danny White got here. Josh Heupel got here. This program is different. The entire athletic department is different. It is time for people to re to, to recalibrate how they view Tennessee football. The expectations, Russ, should be massive for this team. And I think Josh Heupel is the kind of leader that he will know how to manage that perfectly.
1: Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Let's end where we started, my friend. The NFL, you've got the conference championship games this week's Bengals Chiefs and the the NFC one's going to be hard for you right because you're you're kind of a Philly guy but also they're in the Kinda. semi-Bay area right now right
0: yeah it, that's a tough one because you know I'm a Bears fan but yeah I'm a Philly guy I mean I, my family lived there for 50 years and uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of friends that are gonna be at that game a lot of media friends there uh, as far as that game goes that defense is, is of San Francisco is just such a dominant force. I got to tell you something. If you've ever been to a game at Lincoln Financial Field at the link, that is like going into Nealon Stadium for the third Saturday in October. It is a madhouse in that place. I guarantee you. The, I know these are pros, but San Francisco has not felt or dealt with an environment like that this year, much like the Vikings a couple of years ago when they got into, into Philadelphia and got destroyed by legendary quarterback Nick Foles. I think it's going to be a great game. I think if the 49ers are going to have a chance, they've got to get out in front early because when the Eagles get ahead there, they are impossible to beat. I like the Eagles there by a touchdown, maybe even 10 points. The Cincinnati-Kansas City game, man, how great did Cincinnati look going into Buffalo? Josh Allen is a guy from this area, and they just beat them down. I mean, it was just a savage beating. I like Joe Burrow and Cincinnati to go into Kansas City, especially with a high ankle sprain with – you know, with Patrick Mahomes, I know he can do a lot of magic, but that's not going to heal in a week. Ask Cedric Tillman about that. So I, I like a Cincinnati-Philadelphia Super Bowl.
1: Awesome, looking forward to it. CG, always a pleasure. Go check him out at CG Program on Twitter. KFJ Fresno. You can listen to him weekday mornings, bright and early, out there on the West Coast. CG, appreciate it, my man. We'll be in touch.
0: My very best to you, the gang there, and everybody out in the great uh, East Tennessee audience. Always a great pleasure to come on your show, Russ.
1: Yes, sir. Christopher Gabriel on the Big Orange Phillies Fold Lodge. Check out Big Orange Phillies in halls. Well, they there, Maynardville Pike. A good time to be had by all out there. They'll have Tennessee basketball on Wednesday night against Georgia. Got to hold serve, and then a big weekend with your conference championship games coming up on Sunday at Tennessee basketball saturday night at the arena we don't want to look ahead what time's we, it tip sorry six o'clock okay it, you're talking about saturday yeah texas we're, we're going to talk about that here in just a second because there's been a lot of talk about the atmosphere being somewhat lacking during the kentucky game and i think there's a variety of reasons for that but we need to uh turn up on saturday as the kids say or used to say i don't know if they still say they used to say that at one point turn up we need to turn up turn. Saturday night in Thompson Bowling. Big week for the Basketball Vols. We'll break it down. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Russell, Bear, and Marcus back with you here on The Drive. Christopher Gabriel, KFJ Fresno. Bear, what did you learn? Uh,
2: I mean, it's always – Chris is the one where it's – it's what I imagine it felt like when you go in to fight Mike Tyson. Just a it, just an overwhelming amount of fury that came out of Christopher Gabriel. A lot of information. I always have to go back and listen to Christopher when he's on here with us. So, I did like his take on Philly and San Francisco. The Niners definitely need to get out in front of them. Um, if they don't and Philly can front run the Niners next weekend – they're set, that's what they're set up to do, just eat clock and grind you, just grind you into dust with Jalen Hurts and that running attack. And then as soon as you start biting up on those guys, then they're going over the top to either Devontae or A.J. You Purdy is probably the healthiest quarterback left going right now. Oh, for sure. He's only played like seven games. Here's something I didn't realize. I just saw it on Twitter. Him and Jalen Hurts have met in a big-game situation before. Oklahoma Iowa State. Yep. And yeah. they had a, a apparently it ended up remember being that a, game. Yeah, ended up a, being a
1: track meet. It was a humdinger. Yeah. Back when Matt Campbell was still all the rage. Well, he's not anymore. He if he was going to jump, he should have jumped. He, he missed, he his, missed window. his window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what well, that guy anymore. We'll see maybe maybe they can maybe you can get it rolling again for sure up there in Ames, but yeah, you got Purdy who as far as I know is is pretty healthy, but Hertz is obviously not 100%. Mahomes is nowhere close to 100% right now. I th- I think uh I think the Chiefs are kind of screwed. And then Burrow doesn't show it, but he's got to be banged up, man. I mean, you see some of the hits he he took one yesterday where like the guy kind of rolled into his his lower leg and he he got up like you you know, that guy's bruised, battered and just generally sore these days. Playing behind that offensive line, sacked as many times as he's been.
2: Yeah, I mean, most of these guys, uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot of them. Either currently injured, coming back from some kind of getting dinged up during the season, or or they're just beat up right now
1: from the entirety of the season. So, looking ahead for uh, basketball-wise, Tennessee, you've got Georgia Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at home, Texas saturday night at 6 p.m love saturday night basketball at thompson bowling there's no excuse for and i i don't think i think some of the like crowd stuff was overblown after the crowd is not the reason we lost that game it needs to be border i'm not gonna say borderline dangerous say it
2: it It needs to be borderline damn dangerous when texas rolls in here i'll you know i want whoever his name is it replaced uh the, we, the the strangler Chris Berry Beard,
1: the strangler oh the Austin Strangler Austin Strangler <laughs> yeah the
2: Austin Strangler Chris too Beard. soon too <laughs> maybe soon maybe so but yeah like like I want them looking over their shoulders see if anybody's holding a a, a, a fresh bottle of French's did
1: did you did
2: you steal that Austin Strangler or did no, you just make that up I made that that's, up that was pretty good that was really good that was pretty good I have moments of brilliance the I guess we can laugh between. a little
1: bit I mean no like she's okay she didn't die or anything.
2: He acted awfully. I uh, uh, just that game last year sticks in my craw. It's not about we. I want it. We need to go out and and just whoop them Saturday, and and tell them we'll, we'll see you here in a year. In no, the I, I, I would take a one point win right now. I would too, but I would much rather enjoy just an absolute throw, just just slap them around.
1: Sure, are we in danger of overlooking Georgia?
2: Georgia. Absolutely, we are. I highly doubt that Rick Barnes and the and the guys and the kids are. That,
1: that is the one thing Barnes was so good last year at downplaying his return to Texas. Like I, I don't think it's a huge deal within that program. You know he wants it. He'll never admit it. Yeah, he he wants it badly. Uh, you got a Georgia team that is thirteen and six. They've lost two in a row. They lost to Vanderbilt the other night at home. So, not exactly playing stellar basketball. They played Kentucky pretty tough. Uh, and they beat Auburn earlier this year. So, I mean, they've kind of been its – they've been a weird team, man. A little bit up and down. But, yeah, Bulldogs going to come in here um, looking to pull the upset, and Tennessee's got to make sure that they give their very best effort, I would say. So we'd talk about that if you want. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines to the listening audience. Open lines the rest of the way this afternoon. If you've got thoughts on CG's appearance, you've got thoughts on Tennessee basketball, the NFL, UT with a release on its uh, four additional football transfers. Today we'll go through that for you when we continue. Marcus has your top four at four. But if you want to jump in, go ahead and take a shot. 865 546 8200 your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines five four six eighty two hundred and uh, we should mention the Lady Vols this week. Still undefeated, UConn. I I goofed yesterday, man. I saw that that game was close, so I pulled it up on my phone, mm-hmm. and Mizzou grabbed like I wanted. They grabbed like a four or five point lead with about a minute to go, and we were getting set to go out the door to uh, my folks' house for Sunday dinner. So I was just like, I gave up. Yeah, I turned it off and. They came back and won. Yeah. Yeah. She's
2: got she's got the she's got the gals playing good right now. We'll they're, see. They're, they're locked in. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I this is a big test. When when's I, that game?
1: Well, I did a little deep it's Thursday night. I did a little deep dive and I think that we have been feasting on unranked opponents. I okay. guess I guess the conference isn't exactly stellar in, in the women's game this year. You can say that about the men's team too though. Well, we got UConn we'll find out yeah we'll find out here just a little bit this week stay tuned the drive continues hour number two coming up next more fan run radio on the way